Welcome to the Urban Farmette, where two clueless suburbanites buy a farm, move across the country, and learn along the way. I'm Rachel. And I'm Sean. Hey, Sean. Hey. So this is officially take two of this episode. Take two. And why is that? Macs, computers, things that I don't understand. Uh-huh. And if uh, you can't understand a computer, then I don't know who can. So that's saying something. Yeah. Did what a little did it research do? and it, it just disappeared. The recording just disappeared. The whole recording? No, just no. part of it. That's oh, yeah. Right. I, I'm just, you were, I thought you were asking me a question. Sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Mm-hmm. But you know what it was? What? It was a 41-minute dress rehearsal. Ta-da! Yeah, but it was really good. Was it? So then we're going to have tonight's episode. and Which is even better because it's just building a foundation of I'm goodness. I'm tired. I just like ate an entire cheese Wait, plate. Wait, let's farm it up. <laughs> we, built, we, we put some compost in it last night. No. We raked babe. out the top soil. Too no? much. Too, no? Too okay. much. We're no, but it was definitely, it was just a perfect, a very fitting <clears throat> event for the week we've had. Yeah, you know. It had to happen. It had to happen one time. Now we're real podcasters. We're just lucky I didn't throw your laptop out to the it was wilderness. T- it was 1130, and I was on the verge of tears. Holy I was moment. so tired. Yep. And you were mad. Mad. And uh, we just said, forget it. We're going to have to do this over again. So here we are. Here we are. Take two. Take two. Hopefully it's, <laughs> hopefully it's as good as the first one because, well, you'll never know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm not way. doing this nope. again. <laughs> so it has been a week. Yeah, it's been quite a week. It has. That we've endured. Yeah, why don't we talk about some of the firsts that happened this week? So we'll start with the big one because that's a question that people have been asking. Mm-hmm. What happened to Molly? Um, Molly passed. Our dog Our of dog, 15 years. Yellow Lab, um, sweet as can be, uh, passed away on Tuesday. Yes. And uh, it was sudden. It wasn't. I mean, we expected it. It wasn't like... Well, she's old. She's old. Uh, we knew something would happen eventually, obviously. But but in, in relative terms, it, it was sudden, quick, and unexpected in mm-hmm. the sense of... Uh, the she was fine. She was fine the night before, and then yeah. the morning of wasn't. Uh-huh. Um, and that was uh, a lot harder to manage than I thought it would be, especially since she's old and we expected that this was going to eventually happen. And, yeah. and I had prepared myself for a long time. I mean, back in California, I still pre- had myself prepared for the moment yeah. that she would pass. And you would think that with all the preparation in your mind and emotionally, mm-hmm. you would just be ready to accept it. No, I'm not. I, I'm still struggling right now yeah. with things. She um, was our, our first pet as a married couple and she'd lasted through three houses, three houses, three kids, three kids. lots of other pets. And she just was always there. Many, many people. Uh, she welcomed many, many people in our home. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Was now there that every you, holiday you, and tradition. Now that you've let it out of the, out of the open uh, about what happened, those people that have commented on it um, out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, that we haven't heard from in a while or heard of anything about like, commented on yeah. things like, oh, and I very specific things. Molly, I remember her bark or her she bark, ate avocados all the time. And, and her, she always greeted me at the door. She was yeah. always around. She was always happy. It was really good to hear from people that, you know, 
I haven't seen in a long time or, you know, you lose contact or people move on and do different things and something like this happens and people just, you know, share their memories of something. And it's, it, rem- it reminds you of times gone by and mm-hmm. special, you know, things that happen. And it's a testament to <clears throat> her because she was dog. that constant, that consistent thing for us. Yeah. She was always, um, it was it was funny because I started thinking about when we first got her and I was reading up on Yellow Labs and it said uh, how fantastic of a breed it was and how amazing the dog it was. But only get one mm-hmm. if you're ready to have a magnet connected to you because those dogs will always be around. And you. she they was. Never, and she was. I mean, till till the end. Even, yep. you know, they will they will be by you until you're annoyed. Yep. And that was her until the very last day. Every holiday, every season of life, she, she would was follow there. you. She's in your way. Yep. Because she just wanted to be around, and she just loved being around us so much. And that, yeah. you know, sad when we left, and happy when we came back. It was just yeah. her, her life. And and I know um, Rachel, you were getting questions about how. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it happened quickly. Uh, again, she was very old, but she did pass of what they think was a blood vessel cancer, mm. which just uh, looked like it settled on her heart. Yeah. And her heart essentially burst. Yeah. Uh, but what was so sweet to hear, um, you know, of a diagnosis like that to hear is that, it, you know, she, she died because her heart was too big yeah. for her. And it just... It was so big and just beat so much and pumped so hard. Like it, it was, she was just tired yeah. and it was done mm-hmm. because it had done it her whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the doctor was saying is it was, one, it was a very um, sweet thing to hear because, it, you know, even the doctor who had never met Molly before knew that she was a happy dog because the second they drained the fluid around, from around her heart, she sat up and her tail started wagging yeah. and she was just so sweet. And that's what the doctor who had met her for less than five minutes said that she was, a, she could tell that she was just an incredibly sweet and happy dog. And that's, um, and she basically she doubled her lifespan. She did, you know, and, and, and the, and the vet was amazed when, when we, t- I told her her age uh, she said, you know, usually labs are eight to 10 years and she was 15 or oh, going on 15 and, um, almost doubling her age is something pretty remarkable. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's sad. It's, it's, uh, you go through moments where you feel like you're, you're kind of like working through it and then something happens and you, you know, you experienced that this yeah, morning when you walked f- by. Yeah, I you walked by her her <clears throat> grave. I walked by her because we were able to take again. We you know apologize for all the details, but we were able to. I was able to take her home. Yeah, and we were able to bury her here at the farm. And that and was great, I think, for the girls to see. There's that type of closure. <clears throat> I lost my childhood pet who I'd had for 20 years, and um, there wasn't that same closure, you know. But here we were able to bring her back and bury her, and we the were girls, able to look at her. Yeah, pet her. Pet her. Um, Even after she'd passed, the girls were able to say goodbye. And then Sean dug a hole and we laid her in it in a blanket. And the girls made crosses to put on the grave with flowers. And it was actually really, really great. We were able to say a few words, you know, and 
reminisce yeah. over her while she was there. Good. It was a it was a wonderful. I mean, everything about it was typical Molly. Um, just low key, completely comfortable, mm-hmm. great timing, and just a wonderful exit yeah. and happy. Even though it was a very sad time, um, it does make you feel very empty. Like uh, w- we have a piece of us missing right yeah. now. And we're trying to, it, it'll fill up with things, but but the coolest part is that we were able to bring her here. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking this as I was driving to work that it, I was thanking God that we had a chance to bring her here to make this, these new memories, this new adventure. Yeah. She's a part of it yeah. and she will always be a part of it. And yes. she's out there in the yard as a part of it and she'll never leave us and that memory will stay. Yeah. If, if we lost her in California, she wouldn't be a part of this and it's kind of like a moving on, yeah. but I didn't want to move on without her. Yeah. Um, I wanted to move on with her memory here I and know. now I can, I can walk downstairs. I can walk across the yard. I can, I can feel her yeah. by my legs yeah. cause that's where she would be walking like out to yeah. the chicken coop. She's right behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I walked out there tonight and I felt her. Yeah. Like I could just feel her there and I, and God knew I needed that yeah. memory. And um, I think it was good for the girls. I think that it was, you know, sh- they knew no different than Molly. Molly had always been there. Molly was always there. So they haven't known life without her. And this was wonderful, uh, a wonderful way t- to have closure for them they saw the process and were able to say goodbye totally. And they were able to sob crying and we involved them in it. Yeah. And they were able to just feel everything they were going to feel and feel just so sad. I think that was, and and you kind of helped, you know, guide that through to where, um, before we put her in the ground, they were able to see her, touch her, feel her Mm -hmm. and, and understand what that meant. Yeah. And even even Polly got it, even though she was standing there going, is she dead? Like she didn't, yeah. is she asleep or is she dead? I can't tell. Yeah. Um, but to see her <clears throat> in, like that, look, looking completely asleep, and yeah. then what we did and how we were upset and how we're yep. crying, you know, and she held, <coughs> Polly held my hand and said, it's, it's okay, you know, we'll get another doggy. And yeah. It, it was... Yeah. Even as a three-year-old, you kind of piece together loss. And they're all having different levels of loss. Yeah. And, and it's great. And I'm really appreciative that they could see it in a very fluid, final way. Yeah. So that no, it was, was, good. Um, it was a, a good and bad first. It was a sad first in the sense of sad that we lost her. Um, I miss her dearly. I oh, do. Oh, I do too. Um, but it was a good first in the sense of, you know, she got here. And our first major tragedy w- was her, and, yeah. and and the the experience that the girls got from that is mm-hmm. going to serve them really well. I think so. With other things, other um, it will be a fond situation. memory. It will be a fond memory, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. And they'll know where she's at, and she'll always be there, and and uh, they'll never lose that mm-hmm. that day, which is great for us. I think that was a good first. Every meal we had today, I still saved the leftovers on a plate to give her 
forgetting that she wasn't here. Yep. I wonder how long that'll last. Yep. Anyways, that was our first first of the week. What was our second first the f- that we uh, experienced this week? New to country life. Is that my mower? No, I was oh. going to save that because that's Happy Town. What was the other kind oh. of like, oh my goodness. Oh. We had our first tick. We had our first tick bite. First tick bite. Yes. And what a weird experience that was. Um, so I, I woke up and I was getting ready for work. And um, f- usually the kids are, nah, I can't say that. That's kind of a lie. The kids it's are. definitely a lie. Sometimes the kids are asleep. Usually they're awake. Not all of them, but but Frankie was awake and she wanted to come downstairs and say goodbye to me. And uh, as I was leaving, and I said, "She's all, can I watch you drive away from the from outside?" I was like, "No, just stay inside because Polly's still asleep." Um. Uh, but give me a hug, and I gave her a hug, and I held my hand around the back of her neck, and I felt something, and I'm like. And immediately, my mind went straight to tick. Yep. So I brushed her hair aside, and there it was, just legs flailing, stuck in the back of her neck. And, and it was... So gross. It was, it was pretty gross. Yeah. It was very... It was a lot... It was, a, it was an American dog tick, which is a good tick to it's get. It's a good tick to get. Because, yeah. one, it's easy to see. Mm-hmm. And two, it's not I mean, as it was, harmful. It was pretty big. But it's... Yeah, it was big, and it was mm-hmm. easy to feel and see. Um, obviously, the placement's probably the the most ideal placement. It was like that little bone on your, the back your of your, spine, right, your back right of your uh, below the, where the hairline yeah, ends. Yeah, it was right there. Um, and I'm sleeping and Sean comes in. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. And I roll over. I'm like, what? What is happening? Why are you talking to me right now? We have a tick. And he's holding up <laughs> Frankie's hair. I'm holding hair. her hair. I, I, well, I was concerned that she was going to freak out. And she didn't. They don't, yeah. It doesn't hurt. There was no reason for her to freak out. She was just pretty chill. She really didn't know what it was, I guess. And so I went... I'm looking at it going... I went all tick dominator and just... she knew what this looked like, she would freak out. It's gross. Yeah. And I know that everybody... Flapping in the wind. Oh, that's disgusting. And everybody has their specific, you know, way of removing them and whatever. Everybody's very specific about ticks. So we lit her on fire. What you should do, what you shouldn't do, medication, not medication, antibiotics, non, you know, herbal remedy, whatever. Everybody has their specific thing. We put her in a, an essential oil bath and (laughs) set the bath on fire. So we will not be sharing what we uh, chose to do with her, but I will share that I, I was bummed that there was no fire though. I I will share that. Just went rogue and put my, I was like, I'm pulling this sucker out. I'm not wasting my time with tweezers. We're getting this out right here, right now. So I just grabbed it at the base of the head, which some people also say is a bad idea because the head will release and then they'll spew their poison into your... Sounds disgusting. It is disgusting. But anyways, I got the whole thing out, head and all. And then I have it in my hand and Frankie and Sean are staring at me and I'm like, what are you doing? Stop staring at me. Go get me a baggie immediately, Sean. Faster. Move faster. Get the baggie. I don't want to get bit. (laughs) And we put it in the baggie and sent it off for testing and... Got some stuff taken care of for Frank's, and it it was a. We checked a box. It was an American dog the, tick, uh, and it tested negative for limes, so that's good. Hooray! That was our first tick encounter. That was another first. We did we get it back? 
No, they don't send back a tick they've I'll tested. What what do you want it what do for? They do? Keep it as a pet? I want it back. They destroy it because it's a tick. Why do you want a tick? There's thousands of them out there. <laughs> Go out and get one then. I will. <laughs> I probably will tomorrow. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you've already had one. But it's just, it's gross, but it's gone now. So there you go. But it was cool because uh, we got to experience that in a non-dramatic. Everything yeah. here is dramatic. <laughs> I mean, just. We got we, we, we got some drama. It's whole. There's some. I hate that word dramatic, though, because our girls are very, you know, they're also very sensitive and they're they're dramatic, dramatic. with, you know, like everything's oh exciting and everything. But I hate that word. They're not drama queens. They're no. just dramatic. No, there there's lots of feelings and everything's heightened. How's the, that? The, sure, they're reactionary. Mm-hmm. They're but dramatic. But but, I'm, but she it wasn't. was uh, no, and and it it couldn't have happened in a better way. It, yeah. it wasn't like we were all standing around and and. Kay sees it and screams and Frankie runs around and mm-hmm. we have to pin her down and that, no, which is all the ways that I'm imagining right. uh, no, our first tick experience easy, to see. It was like, it was oh, pretty oh, great. Yeah. And she's like, oh. and then you pulled it out and she's like, hmm, all gone. Look at it. And then they just stared at it in the bag all yeah. day. They thought it was great. Yeah. And honestly, I'm kind of glad it happened. I was telling Sean that we, we lived here for a month. Are we immune? And everybody I know who lives here, sees ticks all the time like they're in abundance here and it hadn't happened to us yet and i'm thinking in my mind well what am i doing wrong why We're missing I'm, them they're all yeah, over us <laughs> we've been bit a million times we all have limes immediately but and just we we checked that box we're official now we're officially Are we residents or we're residents now well you have a new license I and do. you have a virginia driver's license i have a virginia driver's license. we have new plates on our cars so that's cool yeah so yeah we're official kind of yeah that's, You're I think, official once you can vote. That's my opinion. I have my voter registration. There it is. Bam. Mm. Okay, I, what's our third first of the mower. week? My mm-hmm. mower. Sean's so happy. Oh, my goodness. I've always wanted a sit-down mower, and in California, it's just not practical, but I still wanted one. <laughs> I was actually measuring the gate to see if I could drive one through. Um, you would have been done mowing our lawn in like five minutes. Done. It would have been the be- I know. I would have gone down the block. You would have done it for driving. free for everybody. And you know what? I had no idea how fast these things were. I don't know if they're meant to go as fast as you're driving it. Really? All you're, I do is lean on those handles, and it's I'm I'm, I'm you're flying. treating that sucker like a go kart. I could I mean, go to Barnhouse Brewery in the mower. <laughs> you can and you will. And clean along the way. <laughs> just take care of the neighbor's like, yard. Oh, it's just the city mower. It's not even called a yard here. Don't know what I'm saying. It's not a yard. It's not. It's, it's property. Just land. Land. I don't know. I'm mow my land. But you love it. I do. It makes you happy. I actually, it's one of those things, you, you, I haven't experienced it in a while, uh, where it's one of those things where you think about doing it. Like I had those, I had those feelings when I was um, a kid and I would get a new video game and you have the video game and you play it. And then, you know, oh, it's time for bed. You go to bed and, you, and you're and you laying there going, oh, I can't wait to play this game tomorrow. And you wake up going, I can't wait to play it when I get home from school. And you get home from school and you're just like, you've been waiting for so long to do it that you you finally get to go do it and you're just so excited. And you're thinking about it and like, I'm going to do this when I get home. I'm going to try this on this That's level. That's how you feel about tomorrow. I'm gonna, yeah. I was, it's been two yeah, days Yeah, Sean showed up early 
from work today. I was thinking in my mind, this is pretty great. Hey, babe, so yeah. happy to see you. And he immediately changes into work clothes. He's like, no, see you, you later. Well, you did the, the fatal flaw of, of uh, a planner. Mm-hmm. And you said, what's the plan today? I want to know what the plan is when you get home. And I said, I, I don't know. Feeling what like is the in plan my today? mind, the and plan then is. And you said the worst thing I know. that you could have said, well, we don't really have anything on the agenda. And I ran to my work clothes as fast as I possibly could. I'm said, just going to do I'll a little right strip, of the, I just, strip of the property. I'll be I right in two hours if later. If I don't, <laughs> I'm going to get behind <laughs> on the grass growing. And you did look very <sighs> happy out there. And when I was mowing, it's, I, I, I did the back area. Um, we have three major quadrants. I don't know. That are, well, you that can't were used have for three animals. quadrants, so. Well, we have our living quadrant, which we don't mow. And then we have three other quadrants. So there's four. I understand that. Oh, um, you. But the the back area, which we don't use much and it's it was it's clearly made for animals uh on a hill uh so we don't go back there and i'm mowing it going this thing is gigantic i thought i'd really be done in 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and it it took a good half hour 45 to just finish that one area which makes me so excited which means i just have to drive this thing more and more i mean it's i back it into the garage like a car. It's a mowing car. It has cup holders. It has a cup holder. A cup holder for me. Because mm-hmm. I'm riding solo. You're going to come home one day and I'm going to be riding that around the I yard. I would love to see that. That would be, <laughs> be a majestic sight to see. It would. I encourage that. Mm-hmm. Encourage that. So those are our firsts for the week. It was pretty... Happy. It was a Virginia time, though. It was. It, no, it's a good week, even though it's a hard week. It was, it was it, difficult. It, it's, it shows God's providence in things, too. Yeah. And at the end of, of the difficult week, we're going to look back on all of it and see so much of God's timing in all of it. And how and how he worked through all of it, which is really cool. Of course, it's always we're starting to get there. No, his timing's always perfect, even when we don't understand it. Yeah. We don't have to understand it for it to be perfect. But it was hard, but it was good, and it's gonna it's gonna make sense someday, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, it's all good. Um, so tonight's topic, uh, we chose it because we have been asked. Mm many times by people we know and those we don't uh, this question. And so we thought we would tackle it. It's not really a, there's no one definitive answer and it's not really an easy topic. Um, But we get asked quite a bit, why Virginia? Why did you leave the city to move to the country? And when we were talking about how to answer that, we wanted to make sure that we made a very specific and clear caveat at the beginning, uh, kind of, uh, you know, a little asterisk, if you will, uh, to this discussion. And just so we made sure that people understood that when we're talking about the change we made from city life to country life, 
and our opinions and our thoughts and our feelings about this move and how we felt God called us to this change, we wanted to make sure that people understood that this is intensely personal and simply because we carry these thoughts and feelings about where we where we were coming from and where we were going to, we don't assume that other people have those same feelings or need to. And um, every person and needs to make a decision for themselves, you know, between them and the Lord for what's best for them. And so we want to make it clear that with any, like with any topic, whether you're talking about educational choices for your child or career choices or financial decisions for you and your spouse, or just even real simple topics. Uh, oftentimes when someone's sharing about why they chose a topic, it can feel like it's an indictment on you not making that same decision. And that's not where we're coming from. Yeah. The big thing is, is that the perspective that we're sharing is personal. Yeah. It's completely, uh, something that we feel is important for what we do as a family unit. And I think what, what we're trying to get at in how we discuss the whys and it could be sensitive in, in a lot of reasons of what, what we were looking for. But the important part is, is to look into what we're saying and look at it from your own perspective and say, you know, how does that apply to me? Mm-hmm. How can that apply to me? And, and it, it should, and it should maybe in it, a it, much broader way than, Oh, that means that I need to move from the city to the country. It's when not, it can it's mean, not about it that. cannot mean that at all and mean something completely different. Right. And it's all about, you know, when we share it, 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 the important part about what we're sharing is, is the whys and how we were driven to a certain point and the process mm-hmm. for getting to that point is the important part. And that can be so many different things. It could be so many different levels for so many different people. Yeah. But it's important that you know the process because that's what we're sharing is it's a big part of why we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, initially it it is it was work related. Right. Um, the opportunity arose to to relocate and we jumped all over. It. Well, because your job has offices both on, both on the East coast and the West yeah, coast. So yeah. that's and essentially my role, can, my role can operate in either, any, either one. And so that is essentially when people say I get specific questions, especially on not so much my personal Instagram account, but our, uh, the urban farmette account. Cause we're talking a lot about farming and gardening, uh, growing our own food and, whatnot. Lots of people say, why Virginia? Was that better for your plans for a farm? Was it because of the land there? Why? And really it had nothing to do with that. It was purely, uh, work related in that sense. Virginia became an option because of your offices being here. But the desire to leave is something that we've had for a while. You've had for your whole life. Right. I've had recently, um, So we were not always on the same page about leaving. No, no, (laughs) we weren't. I have wanted to move since I was little and and I I only within the past year and a half or so. I was in the camp of why would I ever leave 
this place. And I know that for a lot of people, I have felt like this for a long time and I have maybe a friend or two that feels the same way, but, um, most people don't understand it. So I would rarely actually talk about it because most people don't, if I ever uttered like, Oh, we, I'd love to move to a different state. People, people would just look at you bewildered. Why would you ever want to leave California? So on the whole, Californians have a really hard time understanding why you'd want to leave California. Yeah, my I husband, did. yeah, I, was one of them. I, and so for a long time, a we just didn't ever talk about it because I didn't, you know, I assumed it would never happen for lots of reasons. Lots of the reasons why people say they'd never move. Those were the reasons why I, I didn't really talk about it often. But within the past like three or four years, we really started talking about it more. Also because we had uh, friends that would you know, discuss it with us too, that have the same kind of desires. But right. that was really when you started getting on board. Yeah. And it wasn't, for me, it was, um, it, it started off as a, it was a spiritual thing and I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know how it would conclude. I didn't know what process I was undergoing, but sitting in church, uh, listening to pastor Jerry speak, uh, the topic went to seeing God clearer, uh, avoiding distractions, um, being available. And I thought to myself while I was sitting there, well, why am I having such a difficult time? Yeah. Uh, Sundays were great because I got fed and I would leave and I have plans and wanting to, to connect. And then I'm suddenly ultimately distracted and then just seriously lost right. from the connection come mm-hmm. Monday morning. Right. Uh, and I didn't like that feeling. I didn't like the fact that I couldn't see God where I was at. Mm-hmm. Just in a place that was the most comfortable to me, in a place that I loved, with surrounded by friends and family in in an ideal situation. I mean, we really had um, not too many worries. Stable employment, a nice home, uh, great neighborhood. There was nothing, there were were really no factors involved where um, it would cause us to have to or want to think of leaving. And I think that's why so many people were surprised when we did. It yeah, was almost it, it was a, a wait, it was why? a big shock. this because it's so perfect where you're at and it really And we were and we were operating and living a life that yeah. was ideal in the sense of, you know, we we not that we have tons of money or we have ever had tons of money, no, but, but we, we have a home in California, really, so that's but, and, but we really had yeah. a, we had a home and a network and a and, and a, a community of friends and family and and um and but, but that's part of the, that's one of the big reasons why it was confusing for me too is because why couldn't I connect? Yeah. What was it about where I was that mm-hmm. was, and, and I, I mentioned that to you and, and you, you tell people this a lot about how I was feeling, that I was feeling like things were closing in around me. Right. And there was pressure uh, and I couldn't pinpoint why. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't I see God where I was at and that's yeah. when it that the, began the, the that began process. the process and and I think the seed God planted the seed there uh obviously in his timing and his perfect timing and, and the right moment to allow because you know my work wasn't always open to this type of of move. relocation and, and yeah. not necessarily 
still open to it, even though they're, they're in discussion, but it was just this opportunity um, sprung open at a moment where I looked at it going, I need, I need to get out. Mm-hmm. And I felt that the pressures that I was feeling, I'm, I'm kind of imposing those pressures on my family at the same time on you and, and potentially our kids and they're seeing it or they're feeling it. And it was just little, little itty bitty things like playing in the front yard, mm-hmm. um, not being able to, uh, let my kids run free without me being concerned. And then my concern translates into them being concerned and they feel constricted. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, I saw, I started to see that how the world's closing in around me was closing in around everyone. I'm closing, I'm closing everyone else's world at the same time and I'm not allowing that freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's the key, the key word for me was freedom of so much. Right. And what was not, what was, what was it like shackling me and not making me yeah. feel free or seeing God. And again, just my perspective, again, something that uh, helped me spiritually was I realized I need to get out. I need to get away. I need to be able to see God in how he operates day to day mm-hmm. and have him surround me. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of and the only time, the only little bits of memory and pieces of, of who I was that I felt wor- where I felt connected was always away. It was always in nature. Mm-hmm. Whenever I got her out and I saw and surrounded by God's creations in, in their true and traditional sense, did I ever feel spiritual? And I did that at, you know, I could feel that at the beach. Yeah. I could feel that in the forest. Um, but it was, it was surrounded by things that weren't created by man where I could see things move and breathe and, and life happen. That was God created. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, next thing I know, I'm, I'm saddling up on board of this. We need to move train. Yeah. I think that it was important for us both to, really assess the environment that we'd grown comfortable with. And there's something really beautiful about a comfortable environment. And there's something really great about feeling absorbed by your environment and living fully in it. But I think that there's also wisdom in questioning the environment that you've grown used to. And I think within the past year, uh, or even a little bit longer than that, we started realizing that the environment we'd grown so used to and all the elements of it, we weren't necessarily okay with all of the things we'd grown really comfortable with and the way it was impacting us, our kids, our choices, our habits, the way we spent our time. And a lot of that is dependent on where you're at. And you talk about freedom in the way you, you were feeling shackled by it. And then the way you felt like you needed freedom uh, from the environment you were in. And I feel similar things to what you're feeling, but I feel freedom here in, you know, in a little bit different way. You felt freedom with just here. We're surrounded by God's nature all the time. I mean, yep. you look outside our window and we're looking at hills and animals, animals. And, you know, I mean, just beauty at all times. Um, I, was needing freedom from what seemed to me to be the constant frantic rush and business of city life in Southern California. And I, 
I agree with that now, hundred yeah. percent. Um, but I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know I was caught up in a pace. Well, that's not sustainable. And that's why I mentioned that sometimes it's good to assess what your environment is teaching you, what your environment is uh, conditioning you to be all right with. If you're in something forever, you just, it's just normal. You don't think, is there another way? And And once you get out of it, you go, whoa, oh my gosh. You know, it's almost... um, there was six or eight months there where none of our kids did any activities at all. We took them out of everything. It was about a year and a half ago or so. And, Cause we were just tired. We're like, I'm not driving around. And our kids were only in, I think one activity a piece plus a joint activity in a church thing. And we stopped for like six months and we just went, what? Oh my gosh, that's how busy we were. That's crazy. If you step out of your environment, you're able to really clearly look at it. And yeah. I was feeling so crunched by all the busyness in city life in Southern California. It's a different pace. And I understand that some people really do well with it. They really enjoy it. And some people can see God clearly. Absolutely. And they thrive with it and it's fine. But I knew for myself and for our family, the way our girls are, the way you and I function and the way I feel the most peace for our family is not in a breakneck speed, busy, um, type of environment. And it's hard to avoid that in Southern California. You can avoid it, I think, but you become conditioned to it, to allow a lot more busyness. And I mean, even in the month I've been here, people move slower. They are involved in less They'll sit and talk to you for as long as you want to talk. They'll invite you in, have coffee. Let's chat. Oh, let the kids go play. Let's have some, let's have some tea and sit. You know, it's different and you're less likely to meet a mom here who has her kids in three different activities a piece and is involved in all these different, you know, uh, organizations and is running her own business and is, you know, it's, it's different in the country. It really, really is. And I think that I needed to, like you said, see that freedom and know that, um, it's okay to desire that and it's okay to choose that. Yeah. Um, so we were both, I think, seeking freedom from certain things. And again, these are things that some people really have no problem with. And their families, it's not a concern for them. But for us, it was a concern with what it was doing to our kiddos and, and doing to us, too. And Joel Salatin, you know, the farmer we reference a lot. And who doesn't reference that, reference that man when... Talking, about, talking farming. about farming. Um, he said it best when I was listening to his audio book, um, Folks, It Ain't Normal. Uh, he was talking near the end of the book or later on in the book, he was saying, you know, there's, there are people out there who are just doing the job because that's what they think they should do or, or how they're making their income and everything like that. But a lot of there, there may be some of those people that sit there and wish they were 
outside doing something different. Yeah. And he actually referenced, um, you know, people looking at farmers and how they grow food and they go, and these people who do the nine to five and he called them sitting in their, their Dilbert cubicles, Uh um, going, man, I I wish I could do that. I can't. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's telling them he's, he's kind of encouraging people. You can, Mm -hmm. and he went on the, you know, talking about those things. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, I, I say this to people a lot that when I was walking around campus at work and I saw the guys mowing the lawn mm-hmm. in the morning I, and I said, I would say to him, I go, you know, if, if I got paid what I got paid to mow a lawn, I would sit on a mower all day long. Yeah. I would trim trees. I would mow grass. I would do all of that thing because that to me was, it, it's gratifying work and mm-hmm. not to say that what, I was, or what I am doing, I'm still kind of doing the same job, um, is not important. It, it's not about what's important. It's not about what's important to the company. It's not about what, what's important to to um, what people can do and contribute to society. It's about what you desire and what you feel is most gratifying. And to me, mowing a lawn was more gratifying than the work I was doing. And I, I, want, I was envious of these guys, mostly because they were on, uh, sit down mowers. <laughs> um, but I, I would love to do that. Yeah. And getting here and being able to come home from work and dress and work clothes and go out to a chicken coop to check on that. And I couldn't wait yeah. to do those types of things. It helps me realize that, you know, that's the, the perspective I had and you can feel that way and you got to look, listen to those feelings mm-hmm. and find a way to change your surroundings. Well, and, and also just cry out to the Lord and pray because he puts those desires in people's hearts for a reason. He knows what you desire. He gave you those desires. He and, did, yeah. and I think an important part an important thing to remember is simply because you have those desires doesn't mean the only way that those can be you know, satisfied is by, you know, achieving and getting whatever it is you think you want. He he can tailor make a situation right where you're at to satisfy those for a time. For sure. I think it teaches us patience. I've wanted to move for a really long time and you didn't. And that was a waiting, uh, a waiting game. That was patience until God moved and he said, all right, this is what we're doing now because it's my timing, not Rachel's timing. And I think that it can, you know, God doesn't work like we've said already. He doesn't work on our timeline. He works on his, but he also knows, he knows your thoughts and your desires and he can meet those even without a drastic cross country move. He is good and he is for you. Uh, but I think it's also good to remember that these things are possible. I don't, I think it's good. It's like what I said, let's go back and assess our environment. If we are just cogs in a wheel, like just doing what we have to do just because that's what everybody else does. Let's think about that and, and, and question, is there a better way? Is there something that will benefit and grow my family more that I could be thinking about? Or am I just doing this because it's what everybody else is doing and what I'm supposed to do? And I think the, 
the message that I was, I'm trying to get across is, um, it has nothing to do with praying for freedom. It has nothing to do with praying right. for, for an escape. The important part is, is that it's, for me, I never had the seed of wanting what we have. Mm-hmm. Now I can't think of anything else. Um, but the desire there was nothing that I had before. Mm-hmm. Um, the desire to move, the desire for land, the desire for f- that type of what I what I consider freedom wasn't anything that I had before. Um, how it started was feeling a certain way and be careful what you do. And saying God. And pr- but yeah. pray. Yeah. And I prayed that I go... my. My prayer was very simple. It wasn't God get me out of here. It wasn't God open up an opportunity. Those prayers came, but it but the initial kickoff to the feeling wasn't anything more than just saying I want to see you, God. God, how can I see you mm-hmm. better? How can I how can cuz you're always around me. You know, <laughs> I I grew up I grew up in a non-Christian home and, and you go to a Christian school and you go to church and you know, everyone's telling you God's around you. Jesus is right here next to you. He's with you all the time. He's surrounding you. I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Where? Yeah. What does that look like? I don't get it. Yeah. Um, I want it. I feel better when I feel it. I feel better when I know you're. he's sitting next to me and he's watching over me and I feel protected and peace. And I feel all of those things, but I don't get it right now i'm not getting it here and so my prayer was very simple yeah god i want to see you more how can i do that yeah and you know very quickly when you throw that out there suddenly things can change your desires can change you don't Mm -hmm. feel like you you like me you don't feel like you want to go anywhere well that can change really quickly yeah and and to the point of oh no i need to get out of here and that's just that's just his answer to what my prayer was, mm-hmm. but anyone can pray that prayer. And it's going to look different for everybody. It's going to look different for everybody. Right. And it's the important part that I want to communicate is that, um, it, you, prayer is very powerful and it's going to do something. If you, it's genuine and it's honest and you're ready to listen, you're actually ready to be obedient to mm-hmm. what you're asking for and you're really ready open and open to listen to what the Holy Spirit's going to say to you things are going to happen right and this is the biggest thing we could have ever done mm-hmm. in our lives mm-hmm. and it started with a very small prayer yeah of it's a I, prayer of restlessness it was a prayer of just we both I don't were, know what this means. No, we both were but, restless in our yeah. environment, but we didn't understand quite why we were. And I think we've been here a little over a month and we're starting to get small glimpses of why we were so restless there and what God needed to fix in us too. Yeah. I mean... He's working something here. And, and, and all of this, all of it could be... For something we don't, even, something understand we don't even know. And, know, yeah. and we, we could, you know, all of this could have just been a timeline of of god's will needing the reeves family to be in virginia for something I, for something i don't that know that doesn't even involve us really i mean that involves us in a small way but every every 
piece of that puzzle had to come together at the right time. Your feeling, my feeling, my yeah. prayer, this time, my job, blah, 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 blah. All of it has to come together perfectly for it to happen. But the thing is, is that obviously the Lord's will is what it is. But when you're in tune with it, the peace you feel from it, the comfort you feel, and, and you can go through this big of a change right. and be okay. Yep. Um, obviously... I'm seeing him better. Yeah. Well, and the fact that we could go through that and be so, we just knew we were supposed to, and we just did it. There were so many times when I even questioned, why am I not freaking out right now? Why am I not having a panic attack? Because I'm a planner. I'm. Why did we buy and sell a home in a week? Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. Uh, And not freaking out. Again, I want to go back to the fact that I wasn't freaking out and I was packing up my entire house and homeschooling kids and not freaking out. Freak out though. No, but I mentally freak out inside my mind and I'm going and I usually question a lot is this the right thing to do? Oh my gosh, I overanalyze, I make my lists, and I have many breakdowns in my mind, and none of that happened. It was yeah. It was calm, and the only time I had real moments of panic were uh, surrounded by sadness and, and relationships. Uh, but there was peace. It's like you said. There's just a, okay, and now we go yeah. because that's what we're supposed what's to be what doing. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's the whole thing is that, you know, it, people may wonder, well, how are you seeing God now? Yeah. My drive to work. Yeah. I I feel peace. I feel surrounded by him. I, I can do nothing but talk to him. I I pray half my drive yeah. out loud talking. I look like a crazy person. <laughs> and it's because I can't do anything else mm-hmm. because of my surroundings. And, and what I asked for mm-hmm. was to see you better. And now, I, now that I see him everywhere mm-hmm. here, I can't do anything but talk mm-hmm. to him and, and connect. And that's uh, exactly what I wanted. Yeah. I think we would just say uh, to anyone listening out there that has, like we mentioned, a restless heart and is feeling a need for a change. And this is not a city to country exclusive type of discussion. This is anything in your life. Uh, that you're just feeling restless about, I think our takeaways would be to pray and really seek to be honest with yourself and the Lord about what it is you're struggling with. Ask him to change the situation in his timing and in his way. And then mentally take stock of your environment. What is it that you're um, settling in and comfortable with that maybe you need to step back and go, there's something that's not right about this for me. And, and talk to the Lord about it because being comfortable, it can be great, but it can also be, um, paralyzing. And I think sometimes it's good to step back and go, God, do you want more from me? Do you want different from me? Show me what you have. And, and then, and then be willing to do that. Yeah. It's an honesty thing. You're, you're honestly asking God. And honest with your spouse. If you're married, talk with your spouse about it. It's not always going to line up often for us. It did things didn't line up timing wise. And one of us needed to be patient and wait, but we needed to have that discussion and talk with one another and be on the same page with our desires and with what we feel like the Lord has for us. 
you know? And and it's not, this wasn't a, it's not like the prayer is answered and it's done. Right. It was a prayer of how can I see you more? How can we operate better as a family under your will? And we know we've been brought here for something. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're continuing to do. We're continuing, you know, and, and Jake... Jake said that in a text to us saying, you know, he's so proud of us, one, for making the move, but two, because we're answering a call and, and that we know uh, we're seeking the Lord still and, and we're looking for what he has us doing here. Yeah. And that's the important part is that when you pray the prayer of, of, of Lord, let me see you better, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just a, oh, I see you, thanks. Thanks for the thanks for the move. Now I'm going to go back to operating myself. It's what's next. Yeah. And and I ask that I go in my prayers every day. I I ask those things where, um, Lord, I don't I don't know what you have f- planned for us here and why we're here, but I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to be. I'm I'm more in tune now. I'm more lined up. And I'm ready. Yeah. And, and that's cool. What you what you said, I mean, I remember that text from Jake because Jake Brown is like the, you know, consummate encourager when it comes to adventure and, and just jumping in and doing it, you know, because, and he has said to us multiple times, this is happening, be all in and, and start listening to what God has for you guys. There's a reason do this, you know, there's something he has and that to know we're part of a bigger plan is it's heartwarming and it gives you a peace. You know, there's a reason why this happened. And, um, I hope that this could maybe encourage anybody out there with that, that same restless spirit of maybe where I'm at, isn't where I want to be. Just seek the Lord, talk to him, share those desires with him. He will answer. Totally. Totally agree. Yeah. So I hope this, you know, kind of covered that question that we've been asked so many times. And we have so many other questions. So many. I mean, people are asking questions from composting to chickens chickens to are you going to get more are you going to get livestock are you going to what's your gardening plan? So we we eventually want to answer all of those. Um, and we hope to, so those will be some, uh, some great future episodes and we have some things, uh, planned for our website, uh, urbanfarmet.com. Uh, right now it's basically a landing page for our podcasts, but we have some things. We're going to beef it up. Yeah. We have some (laughs) plans. (laughs) Get it. We almost bought a cow. We almost bought a cow. That was just, that would, that'd been so close. Probably would have been, it would have been a good thing, but. Ooh, that was like jumping in. That was to jumping the deep in. End of that a was pool. a big old cow. I don't even know what. I don't. Even, what you do? No, I need to read a book. Yeah. Talk to someone. Um, but we have some plans. We're excited for some upcoming things we have in store for you, and we just really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, if you don't already, head over to Instagram uh, to the uh, at the Urban Farmette. We post fun videos, and um, we love talking with you guys there. And if you don't already subscribe to our podcast, please do. And if you wouldn't mind, leave us a review so that other people can find us and so we can interact better with our listeners. We just appreciate you guys so much. And anything else from you, babe? No, I'm good. Thank you. Hey, happy 16th anniversary tomorrow. Hey, another first. Our first wedding anniversary here. Here. 16 years, babe. 16 years tomorrow. 
Congratulations. Way to go, You hun. did it. You did it. You survived. You survived. We survived. We survived. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Bye.